And we're live. Before we get started, started with the show tonight, I'm just going to say hello, everyone from Patreon. Uh, thanks for coming out tonight for our special Star Wars episode. And uh, we're going to have our video keep going for this special feed, which you guys are only going to get. Uh, I guess anyone who can come and look at the, the video later will, will do that. Feel free to chat with us. Uh, I'm pointing to the right because that's where my other window is from my monitor. Uh, but feel free to chat with us as you come in. And uh, when we see your questions, if we can catch them, then we'll try to make some comments whenever we can. So uh, with that, I think we're ready to get start. Wow, this is really distracting. There we go. That's that's a lot better. Okay, there we go. Uh, <laughs> so I guess we're about ready to get this thing going. And uh, I'm not the host tonight, so that's it. Oh, I got it in my arm. <laughs> so I guess I'm hosting for the first time. This is awesome. Yeah. So, hello and welcome to a special episode of the 2018 MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast. Episode 13, the Patreon special. It is a period of civil war in the MLS Fantasy Insider Galaxy. Blaine Riffle has managed to steal the secret password to the Google Hangout. Pursued by Reed's sinister agents, Princess Lily races home aboard her starship. Uh, no, as always, we're brought to you by MLS Fantasy Bot Talk. FantasyBoss.com and the awesome subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. Welcome, everybody. Um, I'm your host tonight, Blaine, and I'm here with two Star Wars experts, Michael Denton and Reed Connolly. How's everybody doing? Today? <laughs> Hello there. Hello. Oh, I can't believe we... Hey, you paid money for Patreon. We're not going to make you listen to Reed and Michael sing Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a, a new funding that, that we can do, uh, Reed and Michael sing. Yeah. Yeah, the, the more you spend, the less we will sing. <laughs> yeah, that's how we'll that do it. Like a good it. fundraiser for us. Yeah, I, I think so. All right, well, guys, we ready for May the fourth? I'm totally ready for May the fourth. Uh, I'm taking the day off of work. It's like my own little personal holiday. So um, I don't know what you guys are doing, but it's going to be exciting for me. My wife and I are going to go out and have a, a good time, see a see a movie, and and then have a a derby party here in the good old Ken Commonwealth of Kentucky. Fun. Yeah, I'm a. I'll celebrate May the Fourth. I have a little bit of fun. I'm going to dress up for work tomorrow, but I'm a bigger fan of Revenge of the Fifth. <laughs> um, all you crazy Jedi fans can have your fourth and enjoy it, but I celebrate the fifth. I watch the Empire with Anakin's help destroy the Jedi Order and just celebrate with the best of them. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm no fan of the Jedi, but uh, I'm no fan of the Empire either. So I'm not. I'm celebrating <laughs> the spirit of Star Wars, not some sort of hokey religion. But both the uh, Jedi and the Sith use the Fourth, so I mean, it should be a day where we could be united. You know, we don't have to let uh, partisan politics divide us. You know, on May the Fourth, you know, it should be a day for unity across the galaxy, where both Jedi and Sith can, you know touch hands together and you feel a connection. You know. All right. I can get behind that one. And I still have the fifth to <laughs> celebrate. And in case anyone's wondering, the last few of these episodes we did, I had uh, um, Totino's pizza rolls, but tonight it's just popcorn. <laughs> and I hey, do have I'll... my special MLS fantasy insider glass so that you can't actually see it because it's full of Coke and rum. Oh. <laughs> We're missing. People are talking. Yeah. Hey guys. Hey Mark Dubois. Hey Alex Bruni. Uh, glad you guys are able to make it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and on these little more informal nights, I like to have Lily here a little bit more often, a little bit louder. <laughs> She's a part of the community already anyway. That's right. That's yeah. right. So let's jump into our housekeeping <coughs> session. I know we've had quite a few questions come through for you two. Um, what's your favorite movie in the series? You can go ahead, Mike. Um, I think my favorite, um, it's so hard to pick, but I think mine is uh, Return of the Jedi. Um, I just there's something about the ending and how unique it is having a, a conversion of um, the enemy. I just think it's one of the boldest moves in um, movie franchise history. So that's kind of my personal favorite. Um, I mean, Lando flying the Millennium Falcon is pretty awesome. So uh, that's that's where I'm going to go with like just like my personal favorite. Well, I thought I'd let you go first because I assumed I would maybe be the odd man out. Um, uh, Return of the Jedi is also hands down my favorite one as well. I love space battles, and that one's got the best space battle, uh, in my opinion, that the movies have to offer. Um, I have no problems with Ewoks, and I also enjoy sort of the, the comedy that happens there on on Endor. And, of course, the two strongest Force users die, um, and, and I love that as well. So I'm, I'm always good for some, some Force passion. But, yeah, no, I just, I just love everything about Return of the Jedi. Oh. Wait, are we are we gonna get into it? The, that Reed hates the Force. Like Reed is a massive Star Wars fan who hates the Force. <laughs> There's like one of us. I have a Facebook page. No, I don't. Well, I guess I'm the odd man out in this group, but I'm I'm an Empire Strikes Back fan myself. You're like you and everybody else likes that that dumb movie. Yeah, but I was my favorite when I was a kid at about six or seven years old. Here's why I don't like the Empire Strikes Back is it is. With with the three original movies, it doesn't hold up on its own. Like the the themes it's trying to to put out there, it just doesn't hold up on its own. It requires one of the other two movies with it for you to understand what's going on. Otherwise, it's just a bunch of random people running around in space getting chased by somebody else, and you don't know why. And I think that's why I like it so much. <laughs> because you I don't like plot. <laughs> no, I like plot. It just bridged the plot between the whole all three movies. It's, it's be, but it by itself is weak because it needs the other ones to even survive. So I don't think it can be the best if it can't even be good without another thing. It has boba. It's good by itself. <laughs> it's good by itself. That's ridiculous. Oh. All right. So I'm interested to read his thoughts on franchises in general. If it has to, you have to. How do you watch Marvel movies, Reed? <laughs> Uh, All right, so very easily. So that was your favorite movie. What do you think the best movie in the series is? I'll let you go first, Reed. Well, I mean, I my favorite it must be the best one as well. Um, I, I have rankings with that, and so I mean, ROTJ is at the top of my ranks. After that, um, I go with A New Hope because I just feel the the classic movie that started everything. It has to have a high place on on that list, and it's and it, it works well for me. I still I still enjoy uh, a new hope. Um, Rogue One is easily third for me. I thought that was a fantastic movie. Um, then I would say Episode Two. Uh, it kind of depends on the day you catch me. Sometimes I like Episode Two better than Episode Three, but I'm kind of more of an Episode Two guy right now. Uh, some of the story elements are better. Finding the army and kind of that opening chase seems pretty cool. I enjoy that. Uh, then I would put Empire Strikes Back right there at uh, fifth, I think I'm at. At fifth, yeah. Uh, then episode three for me, at, 
by the time they got to the third prequel, I think it was just clearly this is this gigantic international money cash cow, and it was just made for that way. Explosions and chases and not much really going on at all. Uh, then I would put The Last Jedi, then The Force Awakens, and end up with uh, Episode One. Though I've been warming to Episode One as of late, so maybe it would jump up over these new movies. All right, I'll start from uh, worst to best. Okay. Oh. Um, my the, the worst one, I think, is Attack of the Clones, um, mostly because of the acting and the dialogue written, which we'll get into later. Uh, then I'm going to go with Phantom Menace. Um, that one is just like an annoying kids movie. Like when you watch it now, you're just like, oh, this is like something like an eight-year-old would watch. Um, but it's, it's not that bad outside of that. It's just expectations. Uh, then I have Revenge of the Sith. Then I go uh, Rogue One right after that. Um, uh, I, I see Thrawn popping up now. Uh, the, the Force Awakens uh, right above that. Then I get into Return of the Jedi, which, I mean, I like, but as far as like movie quality, I'll, I'll rank it a little bit lower. Uh, then A New Hope, um, which I kind of rank highly up there just because of like what it did for space battles and action and like what they did and created just to like, change Science movies. Science fiction and movies in general. Yeah. Um, then I have Empire Strikes Back. And then the best movie is the one I have a name, which is The Last Jedi. Um, no. Yes. No. <laughs> yes. Um, no. It is the best movie because it has the layering. It has one of the best character developments um, and all of that. So come at me. <laughs> I don't feel like I can yet because that's another question later on in the rundown. Uh, so no, yeah, the new movies are clearly awful because that they're just regurgitations of all the other movies. So I mean, there's nothing unique, creative, or or good about it. So um, they're bad, and I don't like them. This none none of that is true. Or if you're gonna accept all the, of it, all of you it, you have to true. accept that it's true. Then all of Star Wars is derivative because all of it is Campbell's hero's tale. <laughs> right. No, people people always make that that same argument when I say this about, oh, well, everything comes with this, yada, yada. No, I get it. And you can take inspirations from something else. But when you take inspirations from your same thing and just copy and paste elements from your other movies into a different order, into a new movie, and try to tell me it's something new and creative, no. <laughs> I don't need to see a Death Star for a third and fourth time in a movie give me something else but i'll rant about that later oh this is so much fun <laughs> <laughs> so we've talked movies are you guys are fans of the cartoon spinoffs uh definitely i'm i'm a huge fan of uh the clone wars movie uh or the, i guess not the movie but the the whole series they had i thought it started out um <laughs> light enough to get kids interested and enjoy that, but that it kept an edge and got a little bit darker later on that helped keep adults interested in it. And I've also been a big fan of the new Rebels movie as well, especially since they reintroduced Thrawn into the canon. So got to love that. Uh, I've only seen the first two seasons of Rebels. I'm still trying to catch up whenever my wife is indulgent enough to like, hey, let's watch a cartoon tonight. Um, but I mean, what I've seen of Rebels so far has been good. So um Hopefully, I'll finish that off uh, pretty soon. But I, I've been more of a books, comic books guy for the new EU. Got to answer any questions, Lane. You can join in too in the fun. 
Oh, I'm, yeah. I haven't actually gotten to watch Rebels yet. I like the Clone Wars. I've been through it twice now, and I think it's held up pretty well. Season 5, I think, got a little slow for me, but overall, I really like what they did, and I thought it played in really well to the rest of the series. Um, I do have to respond really quick to <laughs> Mark. I think it was just bashing on Boba for me, sell just to sell action figures. But I mean, I guess okay, that is, is what he's there for. As someone who plays Battlefront Two a lot, Mark is absolutely one hundred percent that Boba is a coward who runs away in every fight in every video game. Like I literally, like before, just played a Heroes versus Villains in Battlefront Two, and I was Boba Fett, and I was just jetpacking around <laughs> so they couldn't. <laughs> But it now is you true. Psych yourself up for the episode tonight, Battlefront. <laughs> he is just there to sell action figures. He made his debut in the Christmas special, was so popular as a random character that he came back and they just sold action figures on him like crazy. So, um, hashtag capitalism. <laughs> yeah. And, um, Mark, it's funny you say that about the Clone Wars series when you had to teach your daughter about swearing. For me, it was The Force Awakens because Finn says damn um, when they're flying through on a Jakku. And all of a sudden, my son started saying damn. I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. Come on. <laughs> all right, let's stick with the movies for a minute. Who's your favorite character? I mean, mine's pretty obvious to everybody around here now. <laughs> after, after your little little spiel there, uh, Wedge Wedge Antilles is uh, whoop, I got it right here. Wedge Antilles favorite character. Oh, awesome. oh we're freaking going to do that. <laughs> Director Krennic, love this dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, there's something about like the fact that he's like a hipster. In uh, because if you read, you read any of this stuff, he's like total hipster, he has like an antique weapon, an antique uh, spaceship, and he just has like the coolest outfit. So, I mean, like, if you had were really pushing me, I'd probably say something like Luke or Kylo as far as the characters, but as far as like fun characters, it's gotta be Krennic. Yeah, I mean, Wedge isn't even a fun character for me, he's legit my favorite, my favorite character because he is a a character that does not have to rely on being weak and using the force to supplement not having any skills. He's just that <laughs> damn good on his own. And he blows up two Death Stars. <laughs> oh, participates. I think they give him credit for the second one. Oh, he's totally got two Death Stars yeah. painted on his X-Wing. It's the first one he doesn't do a whole lot on. Yeah. The first one he flies off because he, he can't stay in the trench. He's an effective shield. Yeah. yeah. So, favorite EU character? Oh, Mark, that's a good one right there. Mara Jade action figure. She's a good character. But not my favorite. Mike, who's yours? Uh, my favorite is Triple uh, Zero from uh, the, doc the Darth Vader and Africa. Um, if you don't know, um, I haven't read any of those. Triple uh, Zero is essentially C-3PO, um, but he's black. And he's also a murderer robot. Like, and so he has like that same like British humor, but like he enjoys torturing people. It's just hilarious. <laughs> uh, Thrawn, easily for me. Uh, little, he's chilling out with me today. Uh, Thrawn is my favorite EU character, which I, I guess is he is he canon now because of because of Disney, or can I still pick Thrawn because of? Uh, I guess we have to yeah, say he, he he's, he's, he's canon. Though. 
he's EU as far as I'm concerned. I still consider the cartoons to be EU. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, he, the new cartoons are canon, so he's considered canon. Are we going to say EU is anything not movies? Expanded yeah, yeah extended okay. universe. Yeah, just the the non-standard yeah. media that we expect to get from Star Wars. Thrawn, easily. Yeah. yeah, I haven't read as much of the expanded universe stuff, but Thrawn was always one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah th- I, I did read the new Thrawn book. It's good. I'm I'm really looking forward to Thrawn Alliances in a few months. Um, that sounds really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean Thrawn and Vader. That's gonna be fun. <laughs> I've pre-ordered that that new book, and I've also pre-ordered the the Thrawn comic book compilation. Okay. Well, you guys are leading right into the next question. All right, we had a what we, got? we had a couple of guys on Twitter and Reddit ask uh, for recommendations on the new canon. Do you like it? And can you give us your top three books that you'd recommend to people looking to get into it? Oh no, I got to give a shout out to Mark real quick. Bringing up HK forty seven as a favorite character again. Mark getting the good options here. Yes, you you meat bag forty seven is also a fantastic <laughs> EU character. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, books. I love them. Mike. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the books are pretty good. Um, if you were looking to start, I, I would maybe recommend just try, trying out a bunch from your library. Like, Because a lot of them aren't going to be ones you're going to pick up over and over again. So like, that's what I do is just get the hits from the library. Um, places to start. Uh, probably depends on like what era you're more interested in. If you're like really interested in like the minds of an Imperial, um, Lost Stars is really good. It's about um, like two Imperials as they go through the Academy and kind of the uh, events of the original trilogy uh, as it goes forward. Um, I also liked uh, Inferno Squad. Um, about a, n- another group of Imperials. Um, I, th- I really like that one on the audiobook too. Um, I'm trying to think of what are some of the, of the, of the... I had a list. Let me find my list. Reed, why don't you kick off with your list and then I'll, while I find what I wrote down. Sure. Uh, it's funny. I'm, I'm much more of a, I'm turned this way now viewers because I'm looking at my, my book collection that I tweeted out a little bit ago. Um, my three favorite books for, for the new canon that's come out are uh, Thrawn, Tarkin and Phasma. Probably in that order. Very yeah. Probably in that order. Um, Thrawn's just a great book. I really enjoy. It's done by Timothy Zahn again. I love that he's bringing him back. Kept a lot of the same characteristics of what he was. It didn't get a lot of changing, but it it uh, gave you more of that behind the scenes sort of him rising through the ranks of the Empire that I really enjoyed. Um, I just couldn't put it down at times. Tarkin, I wish I had the hardback version of this one, but I missed that one, so that's on my on my wish list at some point. Um, but um, it's it's the history of of Tarkin, and he has interactions with Vader throughout the whole book. But it has flashbacks to his youth that I really enjoyed. Uh, some people bashed it because it kind of deals with some political elements, not like modern day political elements, but it has some of the political elements of Tarkin's time in there. But I enjoyed that. Uh, I, I thought Tarkin was a, was a great read, and Phasma was another one. Mike recommended that one to me when I started it. it I maybe finished it in like a week because it just it just goes and you read and it's just enticing the whole way through and gives you a background to kind of another Boba Fettish type character where you don't have much going on. She seemed completely useless in in episode seven, 
but the the book was fantastic, and the comic supplement was also very good. Uh, I'll let you finish your list, Mike, then I'll go on with another thought. Uh, what I also want to throw out there is from a certain point of view, um, it's a collection of 40 short stories. So, I mean, it's real easy to kind of pick up, and it's really fun because it's a bunch of, like, very, like, random characters who get, like, um, backstories. Um, that's pretty good. Uh, I wasn't as big of a fan of the Aftermath trilogies. Um, that's the one that a lot of people kind of start with because it explains Jakku, but it doesn't do enough for me. Um, I liked... Um, you know what's a weird? It's kind of a weirder one, but the Legends of Luke Skywalker that they just released um, before the Last Jedi, that's actually pretty good because it's kind of like it's like different people telling stories about Luke with varying degrees of accuracy, um, and it's really fun. Um, so those are definitely some places to start. I mean, I don't think any of them are like truly terrible. They're just like on a scale like some are just not as great as, as some of the others. Uh. Yeah, Mike. Mike and I talked a lot about aftermath, and I, I think he's totally right about where do you want to start if you want to get some of the background into how to bridge that gap between Return of the Jedi and these awful new movies. Then aftermath does that for you. It, it tells you how the Empire ended up the way it is to be the First Order in in the new movies. Um, Bloodlines is also yeah. another one I would think would fall into that. Maybe that it's a, a separate book, not part of that, that trilogy, but those four, uh, Mark DuPont chiming in saying Aftermath was lousy. Um, <laughs> but no, Bloodlines, I would, I'd probably say I like Bloodlines better than Aftermath. Bloodlines talks about Leia and and sort of the, be, if, if Aftermath is the beginnings of how the First Order came about, then Bloodlines is a much shorter version of how the resistance starts to sort of swell up um, and some of that. So uh, those are some good ones. But if you just want some one-offs, I think the three that I rambled off are pretty good. I'm, again, looking over. I uh, haven't read Lost Stars yet, but I, I want to now that hearing yeah. Mike talk about that one. Um, Twilight Company, the based off of the battlefield, is I enjoyed that one more than Inferno Squad, which Mike liked, but I really enjoyed Twilight See, Company. I, I haven't read it, it gives you the point of view. Again, I like these non-forcers and characters. And Twilight Company lets you sort of see what the war was like, the rebellion was like, from a group of grunts going around, uh, not experiencing these, these same events that we got to see in the movies. And so I really enjoyed that. And I haven't read the Ahsoka book yet, but a friend of mine did, and, and she said that that one was pretty good. Yeah, I haven't read the Ahsoka book because I've been trying to catch up on the cartoons before I read the Ahsoka book, so I can actually like get. Does, does <laughs> get the Ahsoka book follow the, or is it kind of bridge the gap between the two series? I assume so. Yeah, I think it's supposed to kind of wrap up what happened because it, it it came out a few years ago, so I think it's post um, Clone uh, like Wars. Post Clone Wars, pre Rebels. I think so. Uh, yeah, Mark. Um, you you wanted Kat Phasma to be killed off. I, I totally get that. But in the book, she's like total badass. I, I was one of the, my criticisms of Last Jedi is that they kind of shirk back from that. Uh, and if you've seen the Last Jedi's deleted scenes, there's a deleted scene which would have made so much more sense, um, where Finn brings up like, "Hey, you were the one who lowered the shields." Uh, and then she basically just, uh, who would believe you? And then she shoots the other stormtroopers just to make sure no one else knows. But uh, yeah, she's a badass. Um, she is a badass. Yeah, I personally haven't read any of these yet, but you're making me have a hard time <laughs> taking the ones off my shelf to read first. Um, 
Also, uh, another one that's good. It's a little bit more um, young adult, so it kind of be. It's definitely written to like a teenage girl audience, so you have to put up with that. But um, Princess Leia of Alderaan, I thought was interesting. It's the story of how uh, Leia got started in the rebellion. Mm. So um, oh. that that one's pretty good for for that information. Um, other than like putting up with, oh, here's a teenage girl, here's her crush, blah blah blah, um, <laughs> stuff that you get from every YA stuff. If you can kind of like trudge through that, it's it's still pretty good because I mean Leia is such a good character. Um, I don't remember if that was Delilah Dawson or, or who wrote that, but she, she did a good job of it. Love the extended universe, expanded universe, whatever you want to call it. There's okay, now, so much stuff. But before we skip, we haven't talked. I don't think we have a question about comics, which we did get some. Yeah, that's EU. Go for it. I have not read any of the comics uh-huh. either, but if you guys are familiar with them, I know some people, some of my friends used to read the old Republic stuff and absolutely loved it. Uh, well, I will say, I think the Darth Vader series, um, both the old series from 2015 and the new one that they just started are very, very good. The 2015 one is phenomenal. That one covers what Darth Vader did after the destruction of the first Death Star um, t- towards trying to find uh, the re- rebellion in Hoth. So that one's really good because it like features him finding out about uh, Luke, <laughs> which is like really fun to see. Uh, Blaine would like it. It has Boba Fett in it. <laughs> so um, that's good. Uh, if, if you liked more of the Clone Wars Rebels stuff, um, the n- one that they're doing right now is good. Uh, like that shows like how Sith make their lightsabers uh, and that process, which is cool. Um, kind of a little bit more of like the Inquisition and carrying order out uh, Order 66. So um, both those comics are, are pretty good. And then a uh, spinoff of that is Afra, which I, I really like, kind of a quirky, different Star Wars character. Um, kind of a lot of zany fun. I don't like the Poe Dameron ones as much. Um, I kind of got bored with that. But um, th- there are definitely some some good comics out there. I don't have quite as broad of an experience as Mike does with the comics. I read the Darth Maul group. Um, I read the Phasma comic, and then I've got the Shattered Empires comic that touches some on a bit, some of the different characters. Uh, but I've enjoyed all the ones that I've read. I've got the Thrawn one <clears throat> on uh, pre-order. But what I really like is I got a hold of some of the, I guess, legacy editions of uh, the X-Wing comics, uh, the Rogue Rogue Squadron comics. And that's that's kind of my jam in general, and so I've been re- looking through some of those. But uh, from just skimming through some things at bookstores, I think a lot of the comics are awesome, and they do get to go into some deeper elements that that I think have been a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, for everybody listening and looking for more Star Wars for May the Fourth, there you go. Check <laughs> out one of these books. Hit your po- hit your local library and see if you can find any of it. Um, we've got one quick review for everybody tonight as well. Uh, I've asked Mike and Reed to give me in three minutes or less their thoughts on the three newest movies in the series. So that would be the two in the new trilogy and Rogue One. So right, who wants to go first, first on that one? I think it's host choice. I'll, I'll yeah, let you, Mike you start. Know, whether you want the attacker or the defender, because I, I think we know where we're going to stand. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let Mike start this one. Uh, all right. Um, so the the new movies, um, since we're including, kind of criticize Rogue One a little bit. 
um, and that I don't think Rogue One has a whole lot of character development, and that's what I really like about the other two movies. I think uh, Ray and Finn, and especially Kylo, are really good well acted, um, and there's a lot to, of depth there to, to think about. Um, and it's also kind of interesting in relation to the, the events now, this kind of like past grandeur, both of the Empire and of the Republic that they, all the characters are now trying to get back to. Uh, I think that's a really interesting idea. Um, good. Um, I just didn't have enough of the characters, which, interestingly enough, we didn't talk about this in the EU. Catalyst gives you a whole lot of really good background um, and actually makes you care. More of that was in the actual movie. Um, but, you know, I, I think the new movies are pretty I mean, I space fight, but the battle. Um, space fights in there as well, um, and you know the, the the throne scene with Snoke, I think was really a really genuine surprise because no one was expecting um, that turn so quickly. And, and to me, the acting that Adam Driver did uh, with uh, Daisy Ridley uh, with Ray is probably some of the best acting we've seen in Star Wars. It's not a franchise that's known for a whole lot of tremendous acting, uh, and that's where I think you get a lot of that. Um, and I think there's a lot of depth. To, to me, one of the best things about uh, Return, excuse me, The Last Jedi, is the way it enriches the prequels. I, I think it gives a lot more depth, especially when Yoda talks about the failure of the Jedi and the, the need for the new generations to move beyond their failures. I think it gives a lot more um, humility to the Jedi looking back at the prequels and recognizing that there was a failure there, whereas the prequels themselves, when you watch it, you're just kind of like, wait, I'm supposed to be rooting for the Jedi, but like they keep screwing up in like pretty clear ways. They're clearly arrogant. And so there's a lot of depth in uh, The Last Jedi um, with the way their characters interweave between each other, you know, ways certain like offhand comments relate back and foreshadow. I think it's a really well-written piece. Um, so I've been really enjoying the characters and the writing and all that. So I think that's probably my three minutes. So I'll kick it to Reed to tear it down. Pretty much. Um, <laughs> uh, Rogue One was fantastic. Uh, I thought it fits in really well with the original movies. It never felt like it was just a cheap copy of the previous movies. I think it truly comes off as a supplement to the series, which is what the uh, Star Wars story <clears throat> movies are supposed to be. Uh, I feel like that's an easy one that people who aren't Star Wars fans can watch and kind of be a gateway to to the franchise as a whole. Uh, the Force Awakens and The Last Jedi are garbage. Um, they are just scenes and themes from the original movies rehashed, regurgitated, and reordered. I am not a fan at all. Uh, I think Kylo Ren is horrible. I hated the acting. He's just a, a little whiny, whiny dork. Um, I don't like him at all. I thought Finn is uh, just a, a, a human Jar Jar Binks. I didn't. I didn't think anything was was positive about him. Um, it's it's just all been the same the same stuff. We got uh, the Salt Battle of Hoth. We got two new Death Stars. Uh, I guess you could argue the second one was kind of like the dark saber and copying off the old EU. Uh, but yeah, we had another Death Star blowing up more planets and another trench run slash flying into the Death Star. A la episode one or a, a new hope and return of the Jedi. Um, I just, I just have nothing redeeming about the force awakens and, and the last Jedi for me They're They've just not been enjoyable uh, movies in general. Well, I'm going to split the difference on this one. I, I agree with Reed on rogue one. It was a good supplement. It was a lot of fun. 
it was a good one-off. You didn't, you know, there's no character development, but you know, pretty much every character they throw in there has to die because they don't show up in the, in the original trilogy. <laughs> so, I mean, it makes sense. It's, it does its job as a star Wars movie. It, it fills in some holes It answers some questions, gives you a fun ride and it's just done. Um, I tend to agree with Reed on the force awakens. I don't see much redeeming in that movie. It was, it was a rehash. It wasn't a very well done rehash in my opinion. And I absolutely hated it. I, it's the one that I've watched only once since it came out on Blu-ray DVD. And I just kind of watched it because I couldn't sleep one night and whatever. It's the one movie I haven't really wanted to go back and watch again. And see. that's crazy for a Star Wars movie for me. <laughs> but I absolutely love The Last Jedi. I think it's probably the best movie, maybe not the best Star Wars story, Star Wars movie, but I think it's the best movie in the series as a movie. Um, I know exactly why a lot of people hate it. I understand where the hate comes from. Um, the Facebook meme said it best. It's a movie about letting go of the past and embracing the unknown for a group of fans that can't let go of the past and embrace the unknown. <laughs> um, I thought it was gearing up for a rehash until uh, Kylo kills Snoke. And that is a complete break from the original trilogy. Uh, Vader was always Palpatine's lapdog. It wasn't until the very end that he broke the master-student cycle there, and he died for it. Uh, we now have our first Sith, who is completely unchained and masterless, and we're going to get to see something brand new in Star Wars that we've never seen before, and I am really excited for that. Um, I'll agree with Reed again. Uh, Finn is a horrible character. He's detestable. After Last Jedi, I can't wait to see him die in the next one. Like I'm just I'm mad sure because you... <laughs> I, I just and I know they're going to redeem him they're going to give him some cool story to redeem him and he's not going to die but I mean just the cowardly trying to kill himself to take out the gun or whatever I mean there's there's a lot going on there I just very flat did not like that character at all so I have to do rebuttal for an extended uh, another thing just for the extended rant another thing that infuriates me about the original movie uh, I guess not the original sorry about the force awakens is there's clearly a better story to be told when they make the allusions to the fall of Luke's Academy I think that would have been the better story for the seventh movie not the garbage that they gave us and so that that's what also makes me really mad about the force awakens um, the last Jedi no, I, I enjoyed the opening battle scene with the, the the bombers and that, which don't totally make sense in space, but I still enjoyed that. I did not enjoy the homage, I guess, back to Harrison Ford, Han Solo on being a snarky on the intercom. It just got too much. So from the beginning, from the very beginning of The Last Jedi, I was turned off with that. And that's been a general problem for me at times is... I realized that they were trying to bridge that gap between old people and new people and old fans and, and trying to get new fans. But I think they've hit people over the head with some of this, this, these old elements. And I don't appreciate it. Or when it especially gets all slapsticky, kind of like they did with Poe on the intercom like that, I did not enjoy. Um, we can't forget to mention sort of the random gambling city scene that happens in the last Jedi. I feel like it's out of place, especially with just, the convenience of that shit being able to escape all the blockade and everything to go out there and do that random thing. I, I just, I didn't like that as an element of itself. If you didn't see Kylo going to kill 
Snoke coming. I mean, I don't know what you've been watching for these last two movies. Uh, I, I saw him going to kill Han Solo before that even happened, and it seemed pretty obvious that he was going to kill Snoke as well from the beginning of that. So I don't see that as a huge surprise or shock. That that just seemed destined to happen. And it's not the first time we've seen one Dark Jedi user by themselves. That happened after, after Anakin killed Dooku in the first movie. He's going to try to find a new apprentice. He already kind of did with Rey anyway. It's just what that happens. And so I don't I don't think any of that is is giving merit to anything that's happened in these new movies. End rant. Let's answer Mark's question. <laughs> yeah, Mark, thanks for giving this one. We completely forgot this medium. Uh, favorite video games. And I'm going to expand this to just games in general because I'm a big board gamer. And I have got uh, quite a few Star Wars IP board games that I love. So I'll give some insight on that for anybody who plays board games. But I'll let Reed and Mike take it away with the video games. Reed, we'll let you go first this time. Let me go first. Uh, well, I'm going to get some deep pulls for you then as far as, as Star Wars video games. Um, I really enjoyed the game Yoda Stories back on like Windows 98 or 95. It's a little tiny little pop-up game with uh, sort of uh, uh, adventure game-esque going around trying to solve some puzzles, find some items and put it all together to, to win. That, that was a good one. Uh, Star Wars Rebellion. It was sort of like... Civ, I guess, for Star Wars. Um, I really enjoyed that one back in the day. I think also playing on maybe a 98 or maybe that may have been a Windows XP game back then, but uh, that was a pretty deep pull. More more modern games. I'll, I'll move you to that. Uh, I actually um, have to admit that I did the, the Star Wars um, MMO that they came out, not, not Galaxies. It's now uh, the Knights of the Old Republic. I did I did that one. I did enjoy playing that for a little while with some friends. But uh, KOTOR in general, I think, has to be one of uh, the best Star Wars games. Um, for me, um, I played so much with my friend. Because we had, what was it? Is it Conquest or um, whatever it was where you could take over a planet and then you just you try to all the planets like yep. we did that for hours because we could always just go back and forth um so for me that's probably my, my favorite video game um i did enjoy battlefront um the first one they had in 2015 even though it wasn't as deep of a game uh the one they have out now battlefront 2 is much deeper um it, it's it's pretty good uh the playthrough isn't the best um so um i, I think it's still pretty good i mean you, you know as far as like living out your fantasy of flying an X-Wing and shooting stormtroopers. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've, I played Battlefront back on Xbox. I don't play the new ones, but I played those. My stepbrother and I played hours and hours on those games and loved them. Uh, Reed, you are talking about some of the deep pulls. I love the deep pulls on this. Um, I played more Empire at War than Rebellion, but uh, GOG.com, good old games, has a may the fourth special running you can pick up almost every single one of these old games for between two and five bucks so if you're looking for one Ooh. of them they're all out there right now um rebellions on there dark forces one and two the jedi knight series is all there the old school battlefronts are out there so those are great let's, let's not forget the old decipher star wars card game either yeah <laughs> see i didn't do decipher um 
Mark mentioned Epic Duels, which I have heard good things. I'm trying to track down a copy of that one that's complete. I saw one online the other day that was missing some cards. Like I said, I'm a board gamer, so I look for all of these. I had the Duel of the Fates card game, which was a lot of fun. Really, Two really cool metal minis in there. But I've gotten into some of the newer Fantasy Flight game stuff that's come out. Uh, Star Wars Imperial Assault is a tabletop dungeon crawler where you can play four versus one. They've added some brand new characters to the series and you're playing against an imperial character and they just released an app this year where you can play by yourself or play with a group of four people and run against an app that's awesome um for fans of the big civil war era there's rebellion that i that i really like it's a it can be a two-on-two but it plays better as a one versus one the rebels are trying to blow up a death star and take down the empire before the empire can destroy the rebel base and you've got a bunch of planets it's very similar to the old video game and just a lot of fun. But one of my favorites that's come out in the last couple of years is a new one called Star Wars Destiny. And it's a collectible game, kind of like Magic the Gathering, but you've got dice that go with it and you're building squads of characters, light side versus dark side. And you're you're battling in a magic style game, but you're rolling dice to see what some of your stuff does. And there's a lot of that random element and chance. And it's a blast. And it's accessible to kids. I've seen five and six-year-olds playing it semi-competitively and having a blast and it's just it's one of my new favorites and i've got a group that i try to play with as often as i can so it's i prefer that to the video games these days a little more interaction but there's all sorts of gaming stuff out there for it where are the cheetos have a mountain dew roll the dice to see if i'm getting drunk (laughs) (laughs) there is a star wars rpg out there as well i did the old d20 system Well, I think that wraps up our housekeeping and reviews, and I decided to have some fun with this, so we've got a little bit of head-to-head action going, since we don't have any games to talk about. So, first one one I've got for you two, uh, Driver's Kylo Ren versus um, Christensen's Anakin. Most pathetic character, worst acted, and who would win in the duel for this one? All right, well, I'm, I'm clearly taking Kylo. I'm assuming Reed's taking Anakin, right? <laughs> uh, most pathetic is Kylo. Worst acted is Kylo. And Skywalker wins in a duel. Yeah, I think I'm going to take the opposite on all of those. So, all right. Who, you you want to go first, Reed, or should I? Have at it. All right. So I'm going to point to the existence of a subreddit called Prequel Memes. And the whole reason that subreddit exists was because Anakin Skywalker played by Hayden Christensen was such a terrible actor that literally everything he said was so bad so memorably bad that it became a meme all the stuff about sand about uh you know you underestimate my power I see you through the lies of the Jedi that's because he's a bad actor poorly delivering lines Adam Driver is the character Anakin Skywalker should have been in the prequels. Someone who's rage, who can't contain his rage, who's uncontrollable, who has a lot of power, but is genuinely conflicted about the light of the dark. There's genuine conflict in Kylo. There's not in Hayden. You cannot watch his relationship with Padme without cringing. Um, And this is not just me as a Star Wars fan. We watched the prequels recently with my wife, and she was like, oh gosh, this is bad. Like, how did this get through all the general things of people making a movie? It was so much money made and it being so bad. 
Um, so whereas like Kylo Ren, all he's done is like touch Ray's hand and there's been more chemistry in that one moment than Hayden Christensen managed over the course of two movies with Padme. And not just like Padme, um, you know, we're talking about a great actress who is playing Padme in Natalie Portman and he still couldn't get anything remotely interesting out of her character or out of that relationship. So to me, as far as the acting and it's 100% Kylo Ren. Uh, now, as far as the strength, I think Anakin is, is very strong, um, and I, I could see him uh, besting Kylo Ren, but I think Kylo Ren's just um, brute force. Uh, we've never seen Anakin in any of the movies stop a lightsaber blast. I think that shows that Kylo does have a level of power that uh, Anakin uh, didn't quite have, so I, I think Kylo could, uh, could beat that one. Now, if we're talking about Darth Vader versus Kylo, I think that might be a different story, but um, and which we're talking about Anakin specifically, uh, I think Kylo has the edge. And I could just watch Reed just getting so angry with everything that I said. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm not angry. I, I just thought the Kylo character was, was very one-dimensional. He's just uh, a spoiled brat who whines and throws tantrums. And so I, I never saw anything mean or menacing or, or good about the way it was acted or, or the character in general, I, I just thought it was sort of a waste of a bad guy. And uh, so, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not defending Hayden Christensen at all uh, as Anakin because he was also not good. But I, I don't like the Kylo Ren character as it was portrayed or it in general. And so I think it's the most pathetic. I think it's the worst acted because uh, it's just so one dimensional and um, that Anakin wins in a duel. I think he's stronger. And I think he just has to say, I become Darth Vader. And then Kylo goes, what? And then gets stabbed. <laughs> I'll split the difference again. Um, I think the Kylo character is pathetic. I think he's written that way. I think that's part of the story element they're going for here. I don't necessarily like it. Um, but Driver is acting it very well. It's just poor character writing there. Hayden Christensen's just a terrible actor. And it was painful to watch a lot of those scenes as you got as I got older. Um, I think I was a junior in high school when episode three came out. And at that point, it was like, oh, this is new and flashy. But as I've gone back and looked at it a little bit more, it's just bad. And then uh, Anakin wins in a duel, hands down. We haven't seen Kylo do anything. And as Mark pointed out, I was going to bring it up, too. He got beat by Finn. By Chewbacca's bowcaster, and it just killed his dad. So, like, <laughs> they're extenuating. So, and he didn't get beat by Finn. Finn is blind, split up. Like, he didn't get beat by Finn. He's toying with Finn. Man, if Finn can hold his own against Kylo, even after he's been shot, I mean, that's pretty bad. I, I, it's pretty clear. I, I thought that Kylo was toying with him because I, I thought he was kind of enjoying it. You get, you get a sense of like yeah. uh, perverse pleasure. Like it's only like because when the second like Finn hits him, he's like, "All right, I'm done with this," and then he he cuts Finn in half. <laughs> yeah, even that though, I I'll pull out some old school stuff on the on Anakin side. Um, he and Obi Wan fought the same form. Obi Wan's was the pure defensive side of it. Anakin's was almost all offense, and he really made Obi Wan work for that. Um, some of the old school stuff had Obi-Wan listed as one of the best saberists out there. Now he had no offense to go with it. It was all, it was purely defensive, which is why he didn't get a ton of the credit, but with the way he and Anakin fought and with the way Anakin took it to him. And I know he ended up losing the battle, but just how evenly matched they were. Um, I got to say Anakin, best saberist out there. 
I would submit, well, I wouldn't deny that Anakin's better, but I would also submit that Obi-Wan wasn't fighting to beat him. He His whole point until the very end was fighting, trying to save him. And so he would have been holding back. I would I would say about that, I still don't think I would disagree that ultimately Anakin is a better duelist. Um, but I think they had different motivations fighting. Mm-hmm. That's true. And speaking of Obi-Wan, and we're going to put direction aside on this one because George Lucas didn't help these characters out. Uh, Ewan McGregor versus Alec Guinness. Mike, I'll let you start this one. uh, I take Alec uh, Guinness. Um, I think what Alec Guinness brings to that role is just a sense of calm and wisdom. Um, Which, I mean, even with a franchise that has uh, Yoda out there, I think he has that a different quality to him that really, really kind of grounds him and roots him. Now, Ian McGregor does do a fantastic job, um, even with all the problems of the prequels. Ian McGregor is clearly not one of them, um, but I think he he's what Ian McGregor does is able to get in Obi Wan, which brings out the qualities that Alec Guinness has already established. So I, I give the edge to uh, Alec Guinness uh, over Ian McGregor, but um, they're both uh, very good. Uh, I don't disagree that they're both very good. Uh, I think I would go with uh, McGregor as as probably the better Obi-Wan. I liked seeing his transformation from Padawan to to Knight uh, more uh, than we kind of get with with uh, Guinness. And I, I know you said direction aside, but you didn't say anything about opinion of the franchise in general aside. And Alec Guinness did nothing but bash star Wars and what it was and people's enjoyment of it for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. And, and I just can't, I just can't go with that. I, I, I get it. If you don't like science fiction and some of this, but I think star Wars created a universe and it created advancements in, in uh, movie making in general that that are worth talking about, and anything that helps to spur that sort of creative spark within someone, I, I think is is worth cultivating. And and he just sort of put that down with it as being worthless. And so, I don't like him because of that. Uh, but I did on just the the character side. All of that aside, uh, I enjoyed watching the progression of uh, McGregor's character. Yeah, I'll save my McGregor comment for a little bit later because we got another section that he really offsets nicely. He's He is one of my favorite characters out of the whole series. I love what Alec Guinness brought. Tremendous actor. I loved how he how he played the role and I thought he was really perfect on screen but there's just some there's a little nugget from McGregor's Obi-Wan that I'll get into a little bit later that just sells it for me there. So from serious topic to let's go to a little bit more lighthearted one. Are you team Ewoks or team Gungans? Yub, dub. Yub, yub. <laughs> oh, they agree for once. Oh, yeah. yeah I think that may be the how, first how time you, on this podcast. They, that's true. I think it is the first time on this podcast. I mean, Ewoks are awesome. I know like people are like, oh, they're stupid teddy bears. Like They're a lot of fun, and they are also eat people. Like They're teddy bears <laughs> who eat people. Um, if if you get into the video games, if you play Star Wars Battlefront, they released, recently released a mode uh, called Ewok Hunt, which is like stormtroopers the day after uh, the Death Star exploded, um, and they're at night, pitch black, and they're getting hunted by Ewoks. It's so much fun. <laughs> See, to me, Ewoks were just Jawas 2.0. I mean, there was a little bit different, but 
I don't know. I just saw Jawas 2.0 on that. I don't know. There was just something about the Gungans. I think there's a lot more there that you could explore. The Ewoks, you kind of saw everything. There's just there's more to the Gungans. They're just a I like I like them as a race. Jar Jar was a horrible example of a Gungan. Mm-hmm. But I, I really I think there's a lot more that they could explore with that with that group and see where they could take it. That and they took on a whole battle droid army. I mean, that was pretty epic to watch. Now they they were getting beaten by a whole battle droid army as is what was happening until they turned them off. The Ewoks were beating the Empire and all of their mechanized glory with logs and and boomerangs. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have a a few comments from uh, YouTube um, I want to get to. Um, But I pointed out uh, the terrible scene of McGregor watching the security holograms in the Jedi Temple, most unshocked, shocked character ever. Yeah, that 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 could be kind of hard. Although I'll, I'll give uh, Ewan McGregor a little bit of, of credit there because, I mean, he's probably just looking at a blank screen, and George Lucas is saying faster, more intense. So <laughs> I won't. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then yes, we do need the original Return of the Jedi signing song, and quite frankly, we need the original movies. Period. Like, give me the, like. I am so excited about this Disney Fox deal just for the purpose of Disney releasing an edition of the original movies without the special editions. Mm. Because like every time you watch the special editions, you're like, wait a minute, that's changed. That pisses me off. (laughs) All right. Our final head to head of the night. And this was kind of a last edition. Um, Two juggernaut actors who came in had some huge roles beforehand which one do you prefer in the Star Wars universe? Liam Neeson versus Peter Cushing. Ooh. Uh, Cushing. Yeah, I, I think it's Cushing too. Uh, I mean, there, there's a reason they had to digitally recreate him. Um, I mean, as, as little as he gave, I think his performance was iconic. Whereas Liam Neeson's wasn't a bad performance, but I don't think there was anything like particularly memorable or noteworthy. Um, I mean, it's an interesting enough character, but there's just not a whole lot to it that at least like like Liam can bring out. Um, I think when I say interesting character, I think there's interesting places they could have gone, but they really didn't. So, um, whereas I think like Tarkin sets the mood of the Empire. I mean, you know, b- before that, we don't know who the Emperor is. It's kind of hard to remember that, but. There is no emperor. Tarkin is the emperor. He's he's the one who's leading Vader, um, and so I, I think he really sets the stage. This is what the empire is. This is the sterility, the coldness, the tactical genius uh, of the empire. And he really makes the empire the big baddies, uh, even more so than the Death Star itself. And the uh, the cockiness that ends up being its weakness as well that that comes out there. Yeah. Uh, no, I, yeah, I, I agree with Mike. I like them both. Uh, I have no problems with with Liam Neeson as all with with his Qui Gon. Um, I, I enjoy them both, uh, but yeah, it's just there is something just so iconic about Tarkin, and I think that was part. Going back to our previous question with the books, uh, that made me excited to read a book about Tarkin and, and get into more of that character because there just seems so much to him that it was really enjoyable. Yeah, P- Cushing got his own book with Tarkin probably because of his presence on screen. Um, I think mm-hmm. Liam Neeson really did set up a good character. Uh, some of the extended stuff, how he how he took Obi-Wan as an apprentice, some of that backstory is pretty cool. 
how strong the fire he was of the council at times and how much he stood against some of what they believed, which we're going to talk about some of that later too. Um, I think, I think without Liam Neeson in that role, the whole Qui-Gon character kind of falls apart in some of what they did with the extended universe. I think his presence on screen helped build some of what that character became. So we didn't, yeah, Cushing still wins. I think Liam Neeson brought a lot, but you don't see that in the movie. You don't see that from him. It's just who he is helped shape the character, but you don't see it come out of him. I mean, that's, that's kind of fine. I, I don't particularly care for, like, I mean, I do, even though I don't like it, I do have opinions about the Force, and I don't really care for that that sort of grayness they, they introduced with him. But uh, as, as the actor, I mean, he's I, I didn't dislike his portrayal. So talking about Qui-Gon made me think of something that we didn't uh, put on the rundown, but we should probably have a quick um, shout. Uh, What is your favorite lightsaber duel? Oh. Because, I mean, Duel of the Fates is is pretty iconic. For as many problems as Phantom Menace has, that score ain't ain't one of them. Um, And and that fight is is pretty special. But, um, I mean, I have my thoughts on this, but um, I'm interested in what you all think. Man, I don't think about the lightsaber fights a lot. Uh, I mean, that's a good fight. Yeah, I mean, the, the choreography with the, with the the double-bladed lightsaber, um, the two-on-one and everything. I mean, it's it's a good battle. I, I would probably go with that. I mean, it's almost not fair in some sense, just you have a different level of choreography going from the originals to, to these new ones, going to be able to get a lot more into it. I mean, I... Some of them are pretty lame, I guess, going back and looking at the fights. Um, well, in the originals, you've got two fights that are completely geared towards toying with the other person. I mean, Obi-Wan's not fighting to win the duel. He knows what the outcome's going to be. He's just buying time. Vader's not trying to kill Luke. He's trying to trap him. I mean, you've got two kind of hampered fights there. They're They're fun to watch. I mean... The one in Empire is still one of my is one of my all time favorites because it's really the first time you see Vader actually throw down and do some cool stuff. I just I like it. A fight against Obi Wan, it's more talking. There's you just you know they're kind of toying with each other and figuring what's figuring out what's going on. I would probably go with the the Duel of the Fates in Episode One as if not my favorite, really really high up there because I think it's one of the few fights where you really see. Uh, the Jedi's truly going at it. Cause a lot of the time I think people hold back, even when Yoda was going against the emperor, I don't know if he was really going all out uh, at, at all the times. Um, but I think with those characters there, I don't, there was no redemption element to that or, or defensive. I mean, the, the one with Obi-Wan and, and Anakin at, at the end is also mm-hmm. an excellent fight. But like we said before, I mean, Obi-Wan is holding back, I think with that. So just as far as characters, just no holds barred going at it. I think that one's, uh, really good. Yeah, I, the Anakin Obi Wan fight still probably my all time favorite for choreography. That's good I mean, even if you yeah. even if you believe Obi Wan's holding back, which I don't really think he is, I think Anakin's got that much hate going that he is trying to overwhelm him and he's throwing everything at Obi Wan. I don't think Obi Wan maybe goes for the killing blows, but again, his style's not for that, and I just. The way that fight was staged and played out and everything and against the lava backdrop, I mean, just got to be one of my got to be my all time favorite. 
Yeah, those are definitely pretty um, fights. I, I think for me, the fight in Empire is is probably the best because I think it tells a, a really good story um, just as it goes. I mean, it's obviously it's not the prettiest choreographed fight, but, you know, of Luke trying to desperately and just kind of slowly losing ground and eventually getting broken towards the end, um, I think is one of the more narrative um, fights. So that's why I tend to appreciate that one. I mean, plus the way it's shot, I mean, the... the um, iconic shot of them you know in the what is the carbon freezing chamber uh in bespin uh i think that's one of the more iconic shots in the series of the, the orange glow um with the blue lighting in the back um so there, there's a lot in that fight that that i really enjoy um from a storing storytelling perspective i can see that Well, thank you for that, guys. Now we'll move on to a little bit more of the fun part of the episode, <laughs> the part that everybody's here, the chalkboard picks. And we've got a chalkboard. modified chalkboard. we got a modified chalkboard uh, this week or this episode. And I'm going to throw out some names or some positions. And you tell me which Star Wars character you most closely associate with the name. So just <coughs> have a little bit of fun, whoever you think it is. And we can't start the list with anybody but Zlatan. Lando Calrissian. Phasma. Phasma. Uh, un wow. Unmatched confidence and does not lose. Uh, well, uh, does lose. She's lost the last two movies and there's still one to go, so it could be three in a row at home. <laughs> I had, um, uh, Sebastian Giovinco. Darth Maul, fast, slippery, little, small dude. Uh, I went with, with Captain Rex. Um, I just thought that he tends to be a, a go-to guy that tends to be pretty, pretty deadly, and that uh, I thought summed up Jibenko pretty well. I like that. Um, can't have a list of players without Dempsey on it. Han Solo, you kidding me? Rogue doesn't give give a hoot about rules. That's uh, I mean, you can even put him in the dress and, he, and the outfit. He needs Han Solo. I, I, I think he's got to be Han for me. I also picked Han Solo. Uh, never tell him the odds or what to do. A lovable rogue, but capable of tantrums. <laughs> well, that just makes too much sense. I didn't get one for everybody. This was kind of hard, but I think the ones I got were pretty good. <laughs> Reed, we'll let you get this one first because this is one of Mike's favorite, uh, David Villa. I didn't have one for him. I couldn't. I couldn't think of one. one for him. I, I mean, clearly he's Luke. He's the savior of everyone, the savior of the galaxy, just the best person ever. Clearly, I there is know. another person that is Luke. <laughs> clearly, there's another person. I have two options for on this list of okay. who, who's Luke. <laughs> All right, let's go. Alex, Alex wins the Giovinco one, though. He just threw a comment at us. Giovinco's an Ewok. Ewok. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, Michael Bradley. All right, so I, I had two written down for this one. Um, the first I had was General Hux because he manages to lose despite overwhelming odds. Um, but then I ended up deciding to go with Darth Vader because he loves to choke. Uh, I I was also going with the, the choke element, except I went with Admiral Ozzel. 
Oh. <laughs> oh, man. Um, wow. Um, Ignacio <laughs> Almiron. Say that again, Reed. You skipped Almiron. Oh, I did. Well, let's just do Piatti first, then we'll go back to him. Well, I don't have a Piatti. I got a good one for Almiron, though. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll I'll do the Piatti. Uh, Piatti to to me is a Yoda because more of a, like you're like, how did he pull that off? Like, you know, just like 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 when Yoda pulls out the saber, like, wait, where did that come from? That's what like Piatti's whole career has been for me. Like, where did that trick come from? <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done, Mike. All right, Reed. Who do you got for Almiron? Okay, so for Almiron, I've got fast, deadly, and he's black and red. I, I think it worked, Atlanta. I was I was hoping for more laughs with that one, honestly. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say the name. I mean, I know it's small, but yeah. <laughs> well, I, I thought I didn't. Need, I didn't know I needed to. Yeah, yes. Yeah, small, fast, deadly, and black and red. Uh, I I went with Ray. Um, kid come kind of comes out of nowhere and has crazy powers, you know. <laughs> All right, one of the most polarizing figures in U.S. soccer and MLS in recent years, uh, Jermaine Jones. Uh, I went with uh, Kylo Ren on this one because he likes to throw temper tantrums and throws fits all the time. <laughs> Uh, I went with Krennic because he uh, is charged with uh, base defense, but he's got a bad temper. <laughs> I like both of them. <laughs> yeah, that one's good. He's as good as defense as Krennic is, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, America's hero. Let's go with Landon Donovan. Uh, I got Landon as as Obi Wan. Uh, now he's got like that old presence of calm and, and just wisdom. You know, he's like he's on the beach. He's in like Africa or where Somalia, wherever he went. Um, you know, just like Obi Wan went to the desert, hung out there for a while instead of like fighting, which is what he probably should have been doing. So, uh, Lando is Obi Wan for me. Uh, I think Landon Donovan is clearly Luke Skywalker. He's a, a promising young addition to Team Rebellion, uh, but abandons the cause in his older age only to make a brief return before he fades away. <laughs> clearly Luke Skywalker. Yep. See that um, one too? I don't have a fail hopper, so just talk to Mike. Mike, did you have one for Fail Harbor? I did. Uh, for me, Fail Harbor is K2SO, um, the kind of snarky <laughs> uh, droid. Uh, we know Benny Fail Harbor with, uh, with with his show and then all the videos he made about Jurgen. I, I think he's K2SO. That's a good point. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. <laughs> Mike, did you come up with one for Chad Marshall? Uh, I don't. I'll, I'll, I'll hit it to read. Chewbacca. He's been around forever, and I, I think a life debt sounds like a defender. Okay. <laughs> it probably explains why he stuck around with Seattle so long. <laughs> 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 and I struggled to find defenders for this list. I know we got a lot of attacking personalities in MLS, but defense has been kind of, kind of slim. 
I didn't get any keepers, did I? I'll throw a couple on the end of the list. Um, All right. Uh, Aurelian <laughs> Collin was one of my other defenders that I threw out here for you guys if you came up with somebody. Um, I said he's Jar Jar because he's a Red Bull, and so he's a joke. I don't want him gone. <laughs> Bias there. Uh, I said he was Lobot because he's bald. That's what I got. Oh my gosh, he does look like Lobot. That's what I got. <laughs> oh, he really does. That's good. Um, oh, man. Yeah, I don't know how I forgot keepers. I had Tim Howard in one of my write-ups, so let's go with Tim Howard to start off with. Hmm. I, I don't know. I didn't prepare for any of that. Right, right, hold, oh, give it off the top right, of your head, Reed. That's half the fun of this. Pulisic. Mark wants to know Pulisic. Yeah, Ooh, Mark. Okay. Um, Pulisic, uh, first one off the top of my head, it's Poe Dameron. Um, young, cocky kid. Probably his plan's not too great to, to start off, but uh, he's got the talent. <laughs> 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 uh if if i can branch out some then i guess i would go with anakin solo i think that's Ooh. for sort of the same reasons you said mike about just being uh young and incredibly talented um and a, a banner carrier at at some point for for what he stands for so uh i, I would go with anakin All right, so so next I'm, I'm still thinking about the Howard one. <laughs> <laughs> just gloss over that. Uh, I mean, do you have any keepers you could come up with off the top of your head that you associate with the Star Wars character pretty quick? Uh, General Grievous for Tim Howard. Oh, with the four arms? Yeah. Seems like a keeper yeah, to me. That's a good one. I was trying to think if there was any kind of Star Wars character that just, like, cussed a lot, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, I guess we could go. Um, no, that wouldn't work. I was I was thinking of the the light gold, the silvery droid on Cloud City, where he walks by, he's like Ichuta, and C three PO is like, how rude! But <laughs> I don't know if that's maybe Sebulba. <clears throat> I don't know. That can mm. kind of work. Uh, may maybe a job of the hut because his palace is pretty impenetrable. You have to like sneak in. <laughs> you know, you can't get into the front gate. You gotta have to like sneak people in over a few months' time. Yeah. So next up, I had positions, and I don't know whether you guys came up with full rosters for this. <clears throat> I built a four four two. Mike, did you oh, I didn't come up with full. I I just wrote one next to them. Um, but I did have ones for the light and the dark side. So okay. Um, that's most of a roster, uh, so that'll work. Yeah, all right. Well, if we're going to put them together, then yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. Okay. Um, all right. For strikers, um, I had Luke Skywalker because he's kind of um, quick and fast. And then I had um, Krennic on the dark side because I think he would be kind of like the poacher. You know, he would wait for someone else to do the hard work, and then he would just, like, kick it in. <laughs> so he's kind of like the, <laughs> the Wando. Like the Wando. Yeah. <laughs> the Wando of, yeah. Uh, 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 for uh, midfielders, uh, I think Thrawn, as far as like creative uh, mind and like dissect dissecting the defense, also put Ray in there. Um, as we saw in the throne scene, uh, she's really good at setting someone else up for the kill. So uh, that's why I had her in there. 
Um, for wingers, I, I mean, I think first of all, you have to have the ultimate wingman, which is Han Solo, uh, as, as one of your wingers. Then I had Maul for his kind of Good. speed uh, on, on the side. Um, for center backs, I had Chewbacca and Vader, get the big, hulky, um, tall guys in there, just shut everything down. Um, wingbacks, I had Obi-Wan because Obi-Wan's kind of like a, a wingback, uh, you know, um, the attack sometimes, defend sometimes. Uh, and then I had, um, but you, you know, you don't want them to ever commit. So I, I had DJ as another wing back, you know, because he's sometimes he'll attack, sometimes just whatever the way the, the things are required. Um, for keepers, I had uh, Yoda because I mean, we've seen his blocking ability with his force powers. So I think he pretty much would stop everything else. But uh, also threw Tarkin in there because um, I mean, he's. Various of strategies, uh, and then for managers, I had uh, on the light side uh, Leia Organa uh, because I mean I think she's a pretty good uh, politician and could manage uh, relationships. Now, as far as ruthlessness, then you obviously had to have uh, Emperor Palpatine uh, as a manager. So kind of depending on uh, your personality needs there. So that that's what I came up with. Uh, so I did not do light side dark side. I sort of built my fantasy dream team of of a four four two. Uh, plus manager. Uh, so my strikers, I have Wedge, of course. Uh, Wedge and Luke are my two strikers up there at the top. Midfielders, I divided that like Blaine had into midfielders and wingers. So I kind of got this uh, Lando as my creative one, just because I feel like he's got at that smuggler scoundrel creativity to him. Uh, and then I got Vader in there, probably going to be a D mid coming in there with an as my enforcer. Uh, on the wings on defense, I've got Boba Fett and Phasma. I, I think that suits them them well in, a, in that more attacking role. Going back on the defense uh, in my center backs, I got Cody and Rex. I think they're an ideal pairing too with the, the best Storm clone troopers that, that are out there. I think that's that's going to work. Um, Palpatine is Jesse March and Vieira is Yoda. There we go, Alex. I just saw that. Um, my wingbacks, I've got R2-D2 because clearly we've already seen R2-D2 provide some excellent service in Return of the Jedi with his lightsaber skills, tossing that to Luke. Uh, and then similar mentality, Mike, uh, I don't I don't think Han Solo would view himself as a wingman. I think he's the one who would have a wingman, uh, but I have him as a wingback because that allows him to be on the fringe of everything but still be able to sweep in and kind of be attacking or, or fall back at his leisure. Um, goalkeepers, I went with uh, Chirut Imwe because he's one with the force and the forces with him. And I was just thinking back to that battle scene with the stormtroopers there on uh, Judea where uh, he was just like everywhere. And so I think he'd be a good goalkeeper. Uh, and team manager, I went with Thrawn just because of his tactical ability right there. See, I think uh, Chirut should be uh, a pro referee because he's blind. <laughs> that, that oh, wow. Sorry, I had to take that, that, that leg there. <laughs> uh, Mark, Mark wanted to add a name to the list uh, for who you guys think. Who is Mike Petkey? Who is Mike Petkey? Uh, I would say, oh, I can't think of his name. Who's the Gungan general that partners with Jar Jar? Uh, <laughs> Mike, I think that's my Petkey. Very, very well intended, but things just don't seem to go right for him. 
Oh, see, I, I was going to go with Lando for just like the cool dress. <laughs> you know, I was trying to think who wears a sweater. I don't know. Oh, uh, you know, Lando would be the one to go get printouts and bring him to a press conference. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, he Lando wouldn't be the one to go out and get printouts. He'd be the one asking someone. He'd be getting Lobot to go get the printouts. So that's why he'd be like, hey, hey, give me these printouts. So Lobot is Trey. Lobot is Trey. Exactly. <laughs> Lobot is Trey. And then uh, the last part of this list is probably the one I'm most excited for just because we've got a little bit of everything here. Um, we got some soccer personalities for everybody. Um, so we'll start off with who is Don Garber? Reed, I'll let you kick that one off. I debated this one so much because there's the obvious choice of of who he is and and i ended up going with the obvious choice of who he is uh, and i just called him the emperor yeah i i went with uh i wrote down lando uh i've done lando a, a bunch on this one but i, I kind of thought like the good hustler swindler is going to smile at you while doing it but it was a little bit more to me than than the emperor so that's i ended up with lando on that one See, the other thing I debate about was Darth Bane, because that's the rule of two, and I guess that would be MLS and some, but I, like I said, I went with the, <laughs> I went with the easy way of, uh, of the Emperor in this. Yeah. One of my favorites for national team duty, uh, Ian Dark. I have uh, James Earl Jones. It's kind of a random one, but I mean, to, to me, he, James Earl Jones is the voice of Darth Vader, the voice of Star Wars. Ian Dark is the voice of soccer in America. So I went with James Earl Jones. Uh, that's pretty good. I, I like that. I mean, I went with Yoda, just sort of like that, that sage advice kind of guy, uh, but I like yours way better, Mike. And then from kind of America's hero to one of the goats, um, you either love him or you hate him, Alexi Lawless. Uh, I mean, I went with the redhead, Hux. I mean, you know, uh, he's kind of a whiny guy, uh, way overconfident. Um, you know, to, to me, uh, Hux, Hux was a pretty, pretty good fit. I couldn't think of one. I, I don't know. Uh, I like Alexi Lawless, so I wasn't really quite sure which which way people were going with this one. So um, I didn't get one. Sorry. No problem. Um, Jurgen Klinsmann. I guess New this will show if you're really jaded still, or if you can kind of get past some <laughs> oh, of that. I'm I'm pretty I'm still pretty jaded. I I went with uh, Newt Gunray. Um, overconfidence <laughs> and victory. <laughs> Uh, overconfident in victory, uh, pretty clearly incompetent to the most, anyone who's looking. So, uh, yeah. Um, Job of the Hut. He is seen as a leader who knows how to run an organization, but ultimately everyone abandons him as things are going down in flames. Ooh. I, I thought it was good. I, I like it, it. I like it. That's just nice. a little harsh. <laughs> On point. Not undeserved. On point. <laughs> um, Andrew Weeby. <laughs> Pass him out, Lobot. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that might be like the headline of this uh <laughs> pass him out Lobot. <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> By Mark. Oh man. 
Oh, oh, so we're we're on Weeby. Yeah, we're on Weeby. Um, well, so if any of you have followed um, me on Twitter, knows that Weeby, um, you know, he promises a lot of things. He promised me a T-shirt. He still hasn't delivered. Um, you know, he promised to make transfers last year, and he didn't deliver. And so for me, I was looking for a character who promised a lot but failed to deliver. And for me, that's Captain Phasma. Um, you know, just a lot of expectations and just didn't didn't deliver. So that that's where I went with. Uh, now, if he delivers me the T-shirt, then I'll change it to like Jin Urso, you know, who finally gave me what I was looking for. Right <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, it's Phasma. <laughs> uh, I said that Weeby was uh, the younger Obi Wan Kenobi when he was a Jedi Knight, or maybe that whole whole progression because. Uh, I guess we've kind of seen Weeby move up through the ranks to, to where he is now to a bit more of the higher position. And so I felt like that kind of summed up Obi-Wan from Padawan through pre-Alec Guinness pretty well. Well, Weeby will probably be happy to know nobody associated him with Jar Jar. So you <laughs> that one. Um, uh, Matt Doyle. Who? Um, I went, I went with Tarkin. Um, Big picture tactical analyst. Um, you could also go Thrawn here. I, I went with Thrawn here. He knows things, how they work, and how to break them down. I, yeah, I it, it's, it's got to be one of those two. I mean, if you're getting compared to Thrawn in a Star Wars podcast, that's doing pretty <laughs> something right. I praise So like if Doyle is Thrawn, then who is Simon Borg? Uh, Unkar Plut, I think, is is uh, one option for for Simon Borg. Uh, for those of you who may not know who Unkar Plut is, he is the rations guy on Jakku, um, and he just seems to always be grumpy. and And I felt like that was Simon Borg. Uh, also, I was potentially thinking of Watto for similar reasons. <laughs> um, I I was gonna go with um with Kylo Ren, um. You know, if you've watched Simon you Borg. <laughs> yes. What? Lego. Wait, what did you say, Reed? I said tantrums. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The tantrums. And, you know, uh, we know how Kylo likes to flash red and uh, Simon Borg's always looking to send someone off for a red card. Uh, and it's a replay. So <laughs> to me, that's reckless endangerment. And that's uh, sending off. You should have seen that. So. To the guy who kind of replaced Simon Borg, let's go with Bobby Warshaw. Uh, I went with Yoda because a lot of times when you listen to what Yoda says, you're like, wait a minute, that doesn't even make sense. And that's the experience of listening to Bobby Warshaw sometimes. <laughs> uh, I went with Dak Ralter, who is the gunner for Luke on Hoth. And I went with Dak because he came in with so much enthusiasm and has that great go get him spirit. But in the end, it doesn't always work out for him. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It was kind of a pull, I thought, but I still thought it was kind of funny. No, I like that. That is. A lot of it was based on like so this isn't this isn't Bobby Warshaw as a player or necessarily Bobby Warshaw as a commentator. This was mostly Bobby Warshaw and some of his interactions through the Facebook Live fantasy streams of that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. kind of like mm, I don't know about that, Bobby. <laughs> and no fantasy podcast would be complete without a mention of Ben Bear. Uh 
For for me, it's Director Krennic uh, built a whole brand new system and clearly didn't test it for flaws. <laughs> wow, wow, that's harsh. Um, uh, that's really harsh. That's really harsh. Uh, C3PO, he's got all the stats and numbers right at his hand. I was I was much nicer. I was way nicer. <laughs> well, that's my list for the chalkboard. Thank you guys for that. I think there's some good laughs in here. Um, can't wait to see some reactions on Twitter and Reddit for this one. Um, Mike, I know you had been toying with a question. What was your question again? Um, we had uh, we had talked about lightsabers, um, and then there was talking about um, whether you wanted to discuss uh, your feelings on Revenge of the Sith Day. I think that was about oh, it. So Reed, uh, so okay, we'll just kind of fire off into this one. Reed's not a big fan of the Force. We've kind of gotten that out tonight. Reed's not a big fan of the Force. I fall more in line with Anakin. I think the Jedi are pretty much evil. Doesn't mean the Sith are good, but I absolutely hate the Jedi and what they've become. And I don't know quite where you fall, Mike. I think you're kind of opposite of me on that one to a degree. Where do you land on that uh, one? And Reed, we'll let um, you just kind of pick apart whatever you want. <laughs> I, I think the um, the Jedi are like a, a, a corrupt religious order. They have gotten away um, from what it is. They've replaced science and technicality with instead of the mystery and wonder uh, of the divine. Um, and so t to me, the Jedi are a fallen order that needs redemption, but they are uh, not evil. Um, so I do side with the Jedi uh, against the Sith, particularly the way the Sith just indulge the passions without um, restraint. So I, I do appreciate the Jedi's um, practices there. Yeah, and see, this is where, where I really get frustrated with the Jedi. They're almost brainwashing. They grab kids at a young age. You're, you're taught to fear, hate, and strong emotion and love. I mean... I, that's a dangerous road to go down. And when you abandon your family, when your whole life is dedicated to the order, and then you're not told to think with emotion and think outside the box, you're completely logical in the way you've been trained. It, it gets a little scary and the power and the sway they held over the Senate. And you can see that with some of the interactions of this, uh, with the senators, when the Jedi get uneasy about something, the senator, some of the senators try to go in and vote and change things the way the Jedi Order wants them to. I, I think they are, I agree, they're a fallen order. Um, I think at the beginning they were designed as a protect, protection group and to kind of keep the Senate free from outside influences and let them do their job safely. But I think the power went to their head. And as the phrase goes, absolute power corrupts absolutely. When we see the Sith always fighting for more power and indulging those pleasures, as you said. But what's getting lost is that the Jedi are such a big organization and they're kind of faceless. But the organization as a whole is what is absorbing that power. And they've got that mysticism with them where most people don't question them or they just go flat out mind tricks on people and just change their mind on a whim. And that's in large part why I celebrate uh, Revenge of the Fifth instead of May the Fourth, or I celebrate <laughs> both together, is I love sitting down 
with a bucket of popcorn and watching the Jedi Order just get absolutely wrecked. <laughs> it's nothing more Blaine loves than a na- nice mass genocide. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, the really the way to answer the fact that the Jedi took the those kids from their families is to watch Anakin kill those same younglings because they should be better off. You know? <laughs> the only thing I'll add to your comment, Blaine, is that I think it's unfair to talk about the Jedi having sway over the Senate like that because I don't think that exists until after Palpatine starts coming in and giving some more authority or some more of that power to them. So I, I think there's that two prong unbalancing that's, that's going on and that corruption that he's feeding from the inside. So uh, I don't disagree with some of the things you're saying about some of the, um, I don't know if ironic is what I really want to use in this, in this sense, but just, just some of the, reflection in themselves that they seem ignorant to to see of what they're doing compared to some of the things that the sith say as well um but i don't know if i'd go quite as far as you did but they're all lame they just they need magic because they're not as good on their own (laughs) hokey religion Mm. so so you must be pretty excited for the han solo movie then reed because i don't think we're going to get any jedi I mean, <laughs> you can you can be excited based on what I've said. I guess in that vein, I guess I could be excited for the Han Solo movie. But knowing some of the things about the Han Solo movie or the production of it, kind of make me hesitant about the Han Solo movie. But let let's just let's just cut to it here. Disney, I'm talking to you. Make the movie everybody wants, and that's a Boba Fett movie. So let's just put that to rest. Amen. <laughs> Everyone wants the Boba Fett movie. I thought everyone wanted the uh, Ewan McGregor Obi One movie. That's no. Like everyone saying. wants the Boba Fett movie. We don't need more stuff about Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> the Boba Fett or the Wedge movie. And I mean, there's so much you can do. There, there are Boba some rumors that Boba Fett is going to be in the Solo movie. So that's fine too. <laughs> so. Well, thanks everybody for joining us tonight. Um, Mike Reed, do you guys have any final plugs? Uh, no, I mean, um, obviously we'll talking about fantasy real quick. I mean, there is a new app. If you haven't seen, you should download the new app. You get pitch view uh, on your phone, which is nice change. <clears throat> um, go check out injury news. Like Felipe Gutierrez is out for a while, um, which I know makes Blaine very sad. A bunch of Toronto injuries, so go check injury news to get your transfers in before um, this week. If you're listening to this on Friday, and then otherwise, you know, just listen to our podcast again on Monday. Yeah, check out the podcast uh, every Monday that we drop Monday, early Tuesday, depending on how long the editing takes. Uh, but check that out on SoundCloud. It does feed to Stitcher and some of these other sources, but there's an error that's happened. So uh, we didn't stop making the podcast; just there's some error with the feeding from SoundCloud. Uh, but yeah, check that out and please share it. Uh, that's another thing. I know that it's maybe tempting to, to hoard fantasy secrets, but uh, it only helps us and it helps the, the the product if you can share our podcast around to others and just encourage people to to listen. Um, it was recently told to me that that we need to broaden things at times because not everyone who is a fantasy player listens to MLSFI or follows MLS Fantasy Boss. And MLS Fantasy Boss has about 2,000 more followers and actually the official at Fantasy account. So I, I think more people do than don't. 
but um, uh, yeah, just share things. That's what I'm getting at. That kind of kind of tongue in cheek right there. Uh, it really helps us out in, in the project we're trying to do. Uh, definitely check out the injury things that Mike was telling you about. Check out the new app. It's kind of cool. Please keep in mind this app was not to address any of the complaints and concerns that people have with the current state of the game. Uh, this was started before the game went live, and it's just now been been finished. So uh, pitch view is in there. Uh, so it's pretty cool. And it's definitely, I think, a lot easier to be able to make changes than it was had to log in and out of the website. Uh, other than that, keep an eye out on the articles. Uh, Skylar's got his out there already. Mine will be coming out tomorrow for your picks. And check out everything popping up at MLS Fantasy Boss and over at r slash fantasy MLS on Reddit. You guys stole mine. I was going to talk about the app, too. I mean, it's a <laughs> great new addition. still do that. It's a great new addition to fantasy. Um, I've played with it a little bit. I like the way it works. It doesn't fix the bugs like Reed said, but it gives you a way to check it from your phone a whole lot easier. It seems to run really smooth. I haven't had any major complaints about its performance. Um, maybe a few UI quirks, but it's just learning. Give yourself a little bit extra time. Don't try to do it at the last minute, but it's out there. and. Thanks for joining us tonight, everybody. Um, if you have any ideas for fun, other episodes, community building, um, I look at this fantasy community as a community um, out there to help. I don't care if I fall down to the top 5,000, and that's where I'm at. If the podcast is helping everybody get up ahead of me, so be it. That's the way it works, and that's what I'm here for. So keep sharing it and keep letting us know what we can do for fun stuff like this. Because, I mean, we're all Star Wars fans, but if there's anything else we can talk about, let us know. Yeah, you, you can tell we're pretty big nerds, so we'll we'll go in pop culture. Maybe, maybe we'll have a good um, Marvel one or something later uh, after everyone's seen Infinity War. No Marvel or Harry Potter's another good one. Harry, Harry Potter's another good one. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. I mean, Mark Firefly. was saying uh, May the 3rd is the anniversary of the Battle of Hogwarts. It's true. I mean, we got a busy time of the year right here. Battle of Hogwarts, May the 4th, Cinco de Mayo. Derby Day. <laughs> Derby Day. There you there go. There we go. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us, and may the force be with you. Bye. Yeah, I'm waving. It's a, it's a podcast. What am I doing? <laughs> well, there, there's someone on video, at least for you. My camera cut out, like... 20 minutes ago and i have no idea why it's like my camera not connected <laughs> i'm like um hello why are you not detecting my camera so okay uh